Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. to fumigate the room first to get rid of the lying that went on there for years. You know, he fell playing with his dog major, we are told, on Saturday. It wasn't until Sunday that the White House pool knew that he was going somewhere. They weren't as forthcoming as you would hope they would be with the press pool that's supposed to cover it. House Speaker Paul Ryan and two committee chairmen are demanding more answers following the department's admission that someone ordered eight minutes deleted from the official video of a press briefing three years ago. The deleted exchange featured then-spokeswoman Jen Psaki. Huh. Whatever happened to her? <laughs> you know, I am a flawed man. Some would say, Alice, that uh, I um, uh, overindulge in drinking and eating. And no. Sure, by in some cultures I'd be considered fat. In some cultures. I sometimes... Um, What's that called when you put off something that you should be doing? Procrastinate. I sometimes procrastinate. Sometimes I forget to start recording the audio <laughs> on the machine. Do you want to start I, No, I can have yours, right? Yes, you, I can send you mine. You will send me yours. That's yes. fine. Hopefully that doesn't break mid-episode. Yes, hopefully that doesn't break. Oh, so just... I'm a big, deeply flawed person mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Else. But you know what I do have? What do you have? I have a memory. And so I was covering these people, watching these very, very normal, upstanding, honorable, truthful, and transparent press briefings from the Secretary of Defense, I mean, from the Pentagon, the State Department, mm-hmm. from the White House briefing room, way back when, way no. back when... Ancient history. Yes, exactly. When, when up-and-comer Jen Psaki was just <sighs> getting started and uh, making her bones in the industry... So I remember what that was like, and so when I when and, and numerous scandals, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. So when the Trump administration happened, and something would happen that was uh, unethical or something, and the spokesperson 
would be would try to obfuscate and message mm-hmm. massage their answer. In other words, lie. It became known as lying during the Trump administration. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't new to me. I had been seeing this forever. <laughs> I saw it during Bush, and I saw it during ever since I've been in radio. I saw it during Obama, big time. Of course, Obama was never called out uh, unless you were paying attention. So it, now with this, and this is, and I'm going to enjoy this. This is be something that we'll be doing over. The next uh, number of years, I think, mm-hmm. is I'm not. I do not intend to let the new cheerleaders of a refreshingly new <laughs> and non-political administration, you know, a r- upstanding ethical administration, I will unearth and bring those examples. And when that wasn't true to the fore, and Jen Saki is a hacks hack, and I'm going no. to enjoy it. I, I've already been enjoying watching, re-watching some of the <laughs> exchanges that uh, she had with the press. So this is what's happening now. Of course, we're told over the weekend yesterday, one of the things that's a little tough about lis- uh, living up near New Hampshire is that that we don't get much talk radio here with, the, with a signal that lasts. Mm-hmm. So at one point I just had to throw on NPR just to hear human voices and hope they wouldn't tick me off. And of course they did immediately. <laughs> immediately the NPR station started talking about celebrating what a mm-hmm. refreshing time this was. Finally, it looks like we've got a Biden historic pick in all women uh, communication staff. This is so historic. My goodness, look what he's doing. Look what the, uh, Joe Biden's doing. This mm-hmm. is a. I remember the similar celebrations of uh, Trump's really notable female communication. There were no females stuff. in, in <laughs> any part of the Trump administration. I do much remember less that. the communication yes, stuff. Yes, there were white uh, <laughs> men and white supremacists actually. So, but it, it it and they were so happy, and then I couldn't get away from it overnight. This is really important, guys. This is so important. <laughs> all these new things are happening. First of all, you've got new fresh faces coming into Washington D.C. Who, you know, if anybody bothered to look, worked in the White House four years ago. But no, 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 these new fresh faces are coming in. And this is important. It's, these, are all, these are all women now. This is something very important that's happening. And so the celebrations have been have been uh, almost nonstop. Almost nonstop, but not, though not nonstop. Um, <clears throat> I'm thinking maybe we should play The View right now. It, it, this is... Uh, on the View, they mention this. Joy Behar is whatever. I mean, she's very happy about the all women communications. Right. So team. this is them talking about. They, they're reacting now to the all women communications team. They need to fumigate the room first to get rid of the lying that went on there for years. Um, <laughs> Anytime you're using a joke that is Pat Buchanan's joke from 20 years ago. <laughs> You know, you're a cutting-edge comedian. <laughs> you, know, you know, I read, I read a uh, study of a group of seven nations, the United States, the U.K., Canada, Italy, France, Germany, and Japan, and they found that young people are less comfortable with women leaders than older age groups. I, mm. I, you know, it's like, wow. are they not watching what's going on? Do- I don't know, I don't know what, what that's supposed to be relevant to at all. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the survey of young people is uh, <laughs> showing... The people aren't. I don't think there's anything to it. It's horse bleep. Half of the country, eighty million people, would vote for Melania Trump right now to be president of the United States. Certainly mm-hmm. would vote for Nikki Haley, and uh, you know, I mean, there's it's just there's nothing to it anyway. But it's a normal kvetching. That's fine. They not know about Angela Merkel. And- yeah, 
<laughs> we Nothing do know. inspires as much as watching <laughs> Angela I Merkel. Know. The heart stirs with the feeling upon seeing Angela Merkel. Who, by the way, uh, President Obama wiretapped, just so, right. just in case uh, you yeah. are from the left and you believe that wiretapping is something that is brand new and has never been happening. No, no, we're spying on her phone. And um, uh, Golda. No scandals in that administration. My year and. Um, I- Golda, my. Do you remember Golda, my year, Alice? I don't remember. It was her. quite a spell ago. I believe her name was Indira Gandhi. Right? Also she- quite a spell ago. Yeah, she died in the eighties. <laughs> right. Um, and I think Margaret Thatcher. I mean, these have been... Ooh, didn't want to have to use that one. Yeah, but you know, I think she wanted to do some outreach to the other side of the aisle there. Oh, pointing out that even Republicans should like women because we had Margaret Thatcher, you know? Like, right. But it, it is telling that that's how far back she has to go to even think of any great woman leaders. Like, she doesn't know any woman leaders in the last 20 years. Been great women leaders, all of them. No matter what side of the aisle you're on, it's almost like they're not. Can somebody, by the way, say, "Hey, Joy, just, just this is neither here nor there." But that's not the topic we're on. <laughs> just so you know, it's not your survey. We're celebrating the new comms team. That should be enough, Joy. Not paying attention, these millennials. I think it's millennials. Yeah. And um, as far as um, putting these women in, I think that Joe Biden is now demonstrating correctly (laughs) that women can run things really well. And we're all going to be a witness to it. He's got Kamala Harris in the second position. Uh, You know, that's the first time we've seen that. So uh, let the world see how well women women can do when they're put in the spot. Well said. Uh, And also, by the way, I don't even care about this fight because women can run things. But so far, they're really not. Yeah. Nira Tandon is going to get eviscerated. Um, the yeah, comms, the comms team is not exactly. <laughs> it's not the leadership ca- roles of the administration. Exactly. Right. It's not like it's the cabinet. <laughs> right. It's not like it's the cabinet. The, and, that that uh, the secretary of defense supposedly may have a. The secretary of defense is a, is a female um, nominee, I think. Sounds right. I think I don't remember. defense is a female nominee. Yeah, but you're right about Neera Tannen, 100%. She's yeah. like the sacrificial lamb nominee that's like supposed to satisfy the base of the party, like the Hillary Clinton right. crowd. And, and her- then and the Senate's going to kick her to the curb right. in about five minutes. Because in being the slay queen that she is, she right. has targeted female members of the Senate repeatedly, mm-hmm. including Olympia Snow. Uh, is it Olympia Snow? I don't know. Who's the one from Maine? Susan Collins. Susan Collins, that's what I mean. Olympia Snow was the other one. Susan Collins. Um, and uh, she's not going to forget it. Yeah. She's not Politics is a game that is uh, played with daggers, and the entertainment is going to be feeling those daggers. Right. So she's going to be the like one that Biden's going to go, well, I tried, you know, yes. when the base of the party a- is like, why are you nominating all these neoliberals who like are big, you know, corporate washington swamp people like he'll go well i tried to get near tandon and you know like right and that way the republicans get a scalp when they can do the job yeah and joy joy to I your point not, I, I mean we know that women leaders have done really well when it comes to the pandemic response right think about australia and new zealand right. i mean they they they're proven to be effective leaders time and time again if you look at any study i mean harvard has a tremendous amount of data do Australia and New Zealand have a geographical advantage? <laughs> and know. also, Australians have been, yeah, if you want a dictatorial leader, you know, if you <laughs> right. want to be arrested for walking the dog, sure. <laughs> exactly. That works. <laughs> That's fine, yeah. On this, women have 
in comparison to men, I hate to say it, but it's true, have more leadership skills when given the opportunity. Don't, don't and believe- unfortunately, oftentimes we're... I, think, I don't think that's true. I think leaders no. have leadership skills. I think some women do, some mm-hmm. men don't. When I was a... You know, I've, I've worked before. When I, in most of my jobs, I don't know. There was one job where a, a guy came in it, for a week to take over for the woman. When I was unloading the trucks, as a matter of nice. fact. I broke the record when a guy took over. And he was just a much better, inspiring, ruthless, cruel <laughs> leader. But the, the person who, the woman who was there, who was running, she was good. She was a strong leader. And probably mm-hmm. on paper, the better but this guy was just wholly unethical, but got more production out of us. So mm-hmm. actually, you know what? Maybe maybe that's uh, here another. Or not. Don't we all believe at this point, I, I know I do, that if Hillary Clinton were president. Has this show run out of the gas, this segment? <laughs> no, she's not done here. Go I know, but she's kind of like, there's no topic. I mean, there should be an A block and a C block. And a, you can't have teleprompter readers carry a show. These, these are not leaders. The view are not impressive people. President, instead of Trump for the last four years, we would not have, we would not be number one in the world in COVID uh, cases and COVID deaths. I just believe that. I don't think that Hillary would have lied to the American people. She would have been interviewed by Bob Woodward and she would have said, this is a terrible thing. We've got to clamp down on it right away. I know she would have done that. Yes. So, yes, to your point, I agree. You know, in the hypothetical reality that was President Hillary Clinton, she's already beat the coronavirus. Yeah. Incredible. That's the, it's an easy world to get to, you know, only have to be on the record of what you would have done if you were president. But frankly, like, in my personal view, if you look at what Democrats were doing in mid-March as the coronavirus raged through New York and Massachusetts... Mm-hmm. Uh, rampant before we had any testing in my view I think there were deaths from COVID way before we were testing the first cases Um, they were saying get out there it's racist to worry about the coronavirus etc etc Trump's racist for shutting the board anyone who thinks that President Hillary Clinton would have done better than Trump on COVID isn't paying attention if anything it would have made our response worse because the government would have doubled down on this, like, anti-racist believe everything China tells us about what's going on in Wuhan, and we would have not shut anything down until probably April. Uh, that's that's what I the think, President frankly. Hillary Clinton, You all you have to do is look at her track record. And she would have sat down in March when they said, okay, this thing's real, mm-hmm. and this hit it. she would have sat down and said, okay, Dr. Fauci and you and Dr. Burks and all the other medical people I want you to go into the corner of the room, and I want you to sit down in those seats. I want you to shut the bleep up. I need my political people in here right now. Mm-hmm. One, I don't want to be owning some coronavirus because some the Chinese screwed up, and now we've got a problem. Mm-hmm. So two, let's move blame somehow off of me. This is about the election, is what Hillary Clinton would have said. Right. Because she was a total cynical politician. Right. Absolutely. You know, they wouldn't. She took a header in the sidewalks of New York, or New York, and they wouldn't even t- tell us that. Right. You know, and then they raced her over to her daughter's mm-hmm. house, kept her out of a hospital, which is unbelievable. You're a seventy-year-old mm-hmm. person. You've taken a header on the ground. Hillary wouldn't have You're, lied to us, Tom. And she then, have and lied. then they set up. They set up a photo op outside of her da- her daughter's apartment, where a girl runs into Hillary's arms. My God. Lied. She wouldn't have lied, Tom. She wouldn't have lied to the American people. And, I mean, really, 
I credit Donald Trump's hawkishness on China from the beginning of his administration, which I was never a fan of, frankly. It was one of my major problems with Trump was his anti-free trade, anti-China sort of thing that he had. And, um, you know, I think he was proven right on that. And I think his hawkishness on China made him more skeptical of what was going on with the CCP and with Xi's regime and made him more apt to close the borders, which which he was absolutely called xenophobic for by this incoming administration. So to claim that Democrats would have been some geniuses with coronavirus is just it's not factual to what we saw on the ground. I mean, did Trump screw stuff up? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mostly because both he and the Democrats were too busy trying to stake out opposite positions from each other than figure out what the heck to do. Well, yeah, and also finish up an impeachment with each other Mm -hmm. and trying to hit each other in that. Not only that, but Trump didn't lie to Woodward Mm -hmm. or didn't lie to the American... He He said everything. In every press conference, if you ever bothered to watch, Trump said everything. He both said it's serious, and he said we can shake it off and beat it. It'll be a short-term thing. He said all things that you can say about it. Mm-hmm. I think, think that the you know orthodoxy in leadership would tell you to make people optimistic because a horrible pandemic is coming over. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, he had no time for the mask. He got COVID, couldn't be bothered by it, and was out two days later. He was out well, a day later. He's out driving around in a parade. <laughs> he had no time for it. He's not a believer. I've I don't those things. I had I had no. I had no real problem with. He's not. He just shouldn't have been the spokesperson for it because right. then again, the spokespeople for it also lied and then patted themselves in the back right. for it. I mean, and in the spokespeople for it, I, I still read news. I still read WHO stuff t- t- talking about uh, the the you know, inefficacy of masks. I still read this stuff. Right. Someone ain't telling the truth, or or the 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 uh, truth is evolving. In which mm-hmm. case, let us know that the truth is evolving. Say you don't know, okay? I mean, the Democratic debate, and this is telling to me because I was already, Tom knows this, I'm a lunatic and I already had a bunch of canned goods in our basement and was like freaking out and saving potable water and stuff for for the oncoming crisis. Potable drinking or clean stuff? Drinking. And, um... And so, uh, and you know, Washington state was like shut down. Trump had closed non-American citizens from coming to the U.S. from China. And as far as I could see, the coronavirus was the biggest deal that was going to be happening. And the Democrats had one of their primary debates and did not bring up COVID. They had not one question about it because to them, it was still a non-issue. Silicon Valley was still crazy lunatics for canceling their stuff and they were being paranoid and they were still running all these articles in Washington Post and the New York Times that we were all bad at assessing risks and that's why we were worried and just go out and get your flu shot. Everything's fine. Flu is a much bigger risk than COVID. This is what the media establishment and Democrats were all telling everybody about COVID some of them were senators who had been briefed and everything. Mm-hmm. A lot of the there were a few, quite a few senators running for president on the Democratic side, if you remember. So this was not a secret at this point in time, and and you know they they blew it just as much as Trump did. I I'm not going to yeah, sit well, here and defend Trump's perfect COVID response mm-hmm. because he didn't have one, but but they did just as bad a job. So and I had a de- and I, I had a debate with somebody about this recently, and he said, "Yeah, Tom, but you have to admit." Remember, the buck stops here. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And yes, at the end of the day, he's, he's in charge of the executive branch, and that's fine. But the buck stops here, which is a ha- thing Harry Truman used to, he used mm-hmm. to carry a little sign that, that said that about his desk. 
That generally referred to issues, you know, day to day and not black swan health pandemics. But fine. I get it. It's the executive branch. At the end of the day, you own it. By the way, the breaking news in CNN. Leaked documents reveal China's mishandling of the early stages of COVID-19. group of frontline medical workers, likely exhausted, stand huddled together on a video conference call as China's most powerful man raises his hand in greetings. It's February 10th in Beijing, and President Xi Jinping, who for weeks has been absent from public view, is addressing hospital staff in the city of Wuhan as they battle to contain the spread of a still officially unnamed novel coronavirus. From a secure room about to, whatever from the epicenter, Z expressed his condolences to those who had died in the outbreak. He urged greater public communications. That same day, Chinese authorities reported 2,400 new confirmed cases, rating the total global number to more than 40,000, with fewer than 400 cases occurring outside of mainland China. Yet CNN can now revere how official documents circulated internally show that that was only part of the picture. Key findings, Chinese officials gave the word the world more optimistic data, data than they had access to uh, internally. Nothing new. Mm-hmm. Chinese system took on average 23 days to diagnose confirmed patients, and testing failures meant most received negative results until January 10th. A history of underfunding, understaffing, poor morale, and bureaucratic models of governance hampered China's early warning system, internal audits found. And a large and previously undisclosed outbreak of influenza happened in early December in Hubei province. Fascinating that this stuff just comes out now, of course. I mean, we knew the Chinese had screwed up. Yeah, they just tried to blame India recently, too. Did you see that? There was an official Chinese government um, newspaper that's on Twitter that uh, was tweeting that they think that the virus was in India like the previous spring before, and that India gave it to China. I mean, yeah, it's nothing new. Yeah, talk about the buck stops here. China can't even. uh, They're they're ridiculous. And Donald Trump was proven right about China. And um, I. I think he was, you know, one of the... Someday, well, someday somebody will discuss this stuff and we'll get the full disclosure of all this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that he did an amazing job handling stuff, but uh, certainly the closing the country early and uh, getting on this stuff and being willing to take the hit for being called xenophobic, which I think a lot of Democrats wouldn't have been uh, comfortable doing. They wouldn't have wanted the communist government of china calling them racist they would have been scared to be called that and trump wasn't so you know it is what it is you know people are gonna monday morning quarterback this pandemic for the next 20 years but 100 years maybe even but but those people also had you told them four years ago that they're going to be outwardly mm -hmm. blaming the president for killing people when a pandemic hits that we could do nothing to stop they would say, I would never do something like that. That's kind of disgraceful in using a tragedy for mm-hmm. to scratch my own itch and validate my own arguments. That would be disgraceful. But they do it. It's now – it's expected. In the age of yeah. Trump, anything goes, anything goes. Um, I do want to – what I wanted to get to was really the audio of the day is – and this goes to the point before I kind of got us – pulled us off here. The the uh, goes to Andrea Mitchell. And Andrea Mitchell over the weekend – I think this is yesterday – over the weekend, had part of a package where she's speaking to White House uh, press member Yamiche Alcindor, mm-hmm. who, of course, y- you know, is the person who was just telling us a couple days ago that there's new non-political people in the Biden administration. It's very exciting because they're not politicians at all, and mm-hmm. it's the Avengers. She said she called them the Avengers are coming. Us. Yes, to save us. <laughs> Andrea Mitchell says this about Biden's trip to the doctor, and I think this is very interesting. By the way, I, I found this because Andrea Mitchell is. Trending on Twitter, mm-hmm. and people on the left are destroying her. 
for this. Uh, by the way, this is recorded off of somebody's TV, so the recording sounds kind of crabby, but you'll get it. Sunday, that the White House pool knew that, you know, he fell playing with his dog major, we're told, on Saturday. It wasn't until Sunday that the White House pool knew that he was going somewhere, and then it turned out to be a doctor, you know, for an x-ray, and then they needed more imaging, so CT scans. They weren't as forthcoming as you would hope they would be with the press pool that's supposed to cover him. They weren't as forthcoming. Hmm. Biden wanted, wasn't as forthcoming. Huh. My God. Can you imagine that? A, a, a An administration that even before it gets in, the office of the president-elect <laughs> is already not being transparent. Already wanting to control the messaging no matter what. Mm-hmm. Already. And now what would good media watchdog Yimiche Alcindor, whose job it is to cover the president, what's she going to say about it? Well, Andrea, I think the thing that we have to focus on, of course, while there are history-making appointments being made with us all female um, communication staff with with the White House messaging. Get back on track, Andrea. <laughs> you Did you not know this is historic that's happening? Stop sniffing out news. It's not what we're here to do. No. This is going to be a press that's going to be pressing and asking the same questions that you just posed, which is how forthcoming are you going to be? How can we get information in real time? There's already been in some ways some tension when, you know, we're going to start to be really good. Trust us. We're going to do all the stuff to Trump that we did did before. So when Trump was was injured, when he was out with his, uh, you know, with his covid or he had, you know, I was. There was no speculation from the press whatsoever that he was just making it all up or that it was some kind <sighs> of. But here's the thing: is that so? You talk about all these people that that we've brought up, all the new truth tellers who are already already lying. And I've told you before that I expect um, that press flax are liars. I expect that the press secretary will be somebody who lies because that is their job to lie. But there is none of them. The the Trump flax were just as unethical as the Obama flax, who were just as unethical as the Bush flax. They're doing flacking. And for the left to have just op- just awakened to this few, three years ago with uh, Trump's Sean Spicer and, and um, Huckabee and to say, oh my God, these people are liars and they can't be allowed to dine in good company after get thrown out of the awful awful well they were the mouthpieces of a fascist regime honey right but this stuff has been happening for a long time this is uh during the obama administration i think this is 20 damn i should know 20 2014 i think this is um egypt's president mubarak you remember that uh that he um there was a in election, he and the Muslim Brotherhood ascended mm-hmm. in Egypt. He is a butcher, Mubarak, and not a good guy. Sorry, pepper shaking. It's okay. My throat is itching. Um. So this is a bad cat. Anyway, he gets sprung from jail, Mubarak, in <laughs> Egypt, and so the press then is asking then. State Department Press Secretary Jen Psaki, what's the reaction to this guy who's got blood in his hands? What's your reaction to him getting sprung from jail in Egypt? Her answer, you will hear her answer right now. Do you have any reaction to the court's decision dropping the charges against former President Mubarak? 
Here's Jen Psaki now. Goes to her little folder. Something that you probably thought Haley McEnany invented, but no, it's something press secretaries do. Well, generally, uh, we continue to believe that uh, upholding impartial standards of accountability will advance the political consensus on which Egypt's long-term stability and economic growth depends. But beyond that, I would refer you to the Egyptian government. What? Yeah, we don't have a position. <laughs> yeah, what was that horse bleep? That you, generally, the long-standing... There was a bunch of words that are just put together that are anodyne, don't mean nothing. They don't, they mean nothing. So she says, for more clarity, ask the Egyptian government. <laughs> well, no, Perfect. we don't ask we don't. the Egyptian government how the American government feels about it. Shouldn't they be asking the American government, which is what the guy just did? For any further comment. So you so, don't criticize at all? What, so, what does that mean? It means that in general, we believe that It sounds that to me like it means nothing. In general. Correct. That guy is named Matt Lee. Uh, from the Associated Press. He is one of the very few reporters in Washington, D.C. We believe that uh, impartial standards and the justice system should work as planned, yeah. but I don't have any specific comments. But, 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 but did... I don't have any more specific comments. By the way, Jen Psaki has been named as the press secretary for President Biden. Perfect. So you know, this is the woman. This is the person. Remember the change? They're not political at all. So refreshing. Finally, we'll have somebody at the top, the communications arm. <laughs> this is that person now. This is the refreshing change we were looking for. I, 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 wow, I don't understand that at all. What, what does that mean? You, you believe that? Of course you do. But was that what, were those standards upheld in this case? I don't have anything, any specific comment on the case. I'd point you to the Egyptian government can, can Can you see if... How the hell, if there was any kind of... This is no clever CNN Chiron. Nothing saying Jen Psaki Dodge's question. Um, the, the Department of State of the United States of America has no position on what's going on in Egypt. That was something that we were involved in. Mm-hmm. It was a you know a world event you know if you remember Tahrir Square and all the important reporting and all the, mm -hmm. but nothing we have nothing. Can we ask for push push your people a little bit harder because I mean you you call for accountability and transparency all all the time from all, any number of governments and, and and so if if no one is held to account. If no one is being held accountable for, you know, for, for what happened, it would seem to me that you would have a problem with that. And if there's more we have to say, Matt, we will make sure you all know. But I mean, what you have said, that the, what you said says nothing. I mean, it just says, it's like saying. You have a reporter saying, can you push your people harder? In other words, could you have somebody other than throw this right. horse bleep at us, have somebody formulate an official position, which you should. She doesn't expect it because, you know, there aren't too many people in Washington asking the Obama administration right. questions that will embarrass them because they had no answers because the Obama administration's foreign policy was disastrous because he was incompetent. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Well, we support the right of people to breathe. Well, if that's we great. Have a, but if further they can't comments breathe, on then... the case, I will make sure all of you have it. Okay. Uh, aren't you a little bit annoyed that the, the person who was elected by the Egyptian people, Mercy, is languishing in prison while the person who is accused of murdering hundreds of people is actually out on I appreciate your efforts, Saeed. I, mean, I don't have anything no, further on this I, case. Saeed, I'm sorry. We're going we're gonna to have to okay, move on. Sure. Thank, you. Thank you, everyone. Now listen. That Egypt one is ridiculous. <laughs> that Egypt one was ridiculous. You know, the Ridiculous horse... that they would ask us what we think about. I, th I think she was talking about the statement she read. 
oh. she was reading the statement. She said the statement was ridiculous. I mean, guys, I'll read it and I'll say it because I'm my job is to be somebody who deals in agate prop. So I'll read it, but it's ridiculous. It's open ended. It's nothing. It's total well, yeah. tripe. It doesn't we make anything. I'm here to lie. There's no doubt. I know that, guys. But if I'm going to lie, you got to give me something better than to lie with. That Egypt line is ridiculous. <laughs> That's the statement. The statement yeah. that she was given. The the bizarre, disconnected, non sequitur statement. Do you have any reaction to the court's decision dropping the charges against former President Listen to the wording of the skin. Think about it. Well, generally, uh, we continue to believe that uh, upholding impartial standards of accountability will advance the political consensus on which Egypt's long-term stability and economic growth depends. But beyond that, I would refer you to the Egyptian government for any further comment. There you go. Uh, yeah. Generally, we believe in free and fair elections and equity among people and peace on earth in uh, <laughs> good tidings to men. And, <laughs> and then if you have anything else about our position... Please go ask Egypt, because we don't have one, very clearly, as you could see, by my statement. That Egypt one is ridiculous. So we don't have it. So you should ask the Egypt State Department, because they're far less incompetent than the Obama State Department, and maybe they'll have something better for you, because we don't know how we feel, because we don't know. We're getting awards, and we're going to this the uh, the um, White House Correspondents' Dinner, and some and we've got a team of comedians right now working on jokes for the president to tell so he can feel like the coolest guy in every room, because that's really what this administration's about. And then the West Wing will, will mirror what we do. So, and if you missed this, this was a big, this was one of the few non-scandals that the White House had to come clean on. From I think it was from 2012, there was a a White House briefing where the Fox reporter asked um, asked the White House person uh, named Jen Psaki um, about about the Iran deal and when the original um, essentially the original negotiations had started. Jen Psaki, being flat footed, answered him honestly, and the that answer didn't gel with the administration that said. So in other words, the administration had been talking to the Iranians for a long time and it shaped policy, even though they weren't telling us like why we were, we were stiffing uh, um, Israel, et cetera. And why these machinations, because they, they cared about the Iran deal a lot. So Jen Psaki essentially answered almost truthfully. Next thing you know, the white house tape of the briefing, like we just heard, was edited, and that part was deleted. They deleted it. They busted him for it. But here's um, the Doug McElway rap of what happened then. House Speaker Paul Ryan and two committee chairmen are demanding more answers following the department's admission that someone ordered eight minutes deleted from the official video of... Barely eight minutes. Just eight minutes. Nothing to worry about. That's not... That's of a press briefing three years ago. The deleted exchange featured then-spokeswoman Jen Psaki, appearing to admit to Fox News' James Rosen that the department had previously misled the press and public about the origins of the Iran nuclear talks. State says it uncovered a phone call where the order to censor the video was issued, but that the official responsible for making the request is unknown. Just can't know it. Sorry about <laughs> You might want to ask the Chinese. I'm sorry, the Egyptians. Maybe they can tell you. We just don't know. Unfortunately, we have no way to find things like that out. Phone calls and memos and things. <laughs> a lot of those flying around this building. 
We just can't know it. And that the department's attempts to track down the culprit have led to a, quote, dead end. The... It's a dead end. You can't know who deleted tape of the official White House press briefings. That's unknowable. <laughs> the system is such that uh, internal phone call records are only available for a 24-hour period. Sounds very transparent to me. Very transparent. Make sure you destroy every trace <laughs> that we've ever had conversations immediately. And we'll go back to being the most transparent uh, administration mm-hmm. in history, according to the president. Um, so... Those records, internal calls, would not would no longer be available. Yet the chairman of the House Foreign Affairs Committee today called for an inspector general's investigation, while the chairman of the House Oversight Committee wrote Secretary of State John Kerry demanding all relevant documents. Jen Psaki today said she will cooperate with any congressional investigation. Of course. Uh, let, let's talk I have absolutely little... nothing to hide here, Wolf. Right, but so I will let... say again, I, I, I had no involvement and no knowledge. Suspicions have sw- no, no involvement, no knowledge. Can you imagine, by the way, if like a big, an eight-minute chunk of a Kaylee McEnany or a Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, press briefing were deleted? Well, by right, the Trump or, White House? or whoever, even a Trump State Department, right? And this would be, well, this would be an impeachment. Trump would be impeached for this. This happening. Oh yeah. And they would be. And probably the Republicans would actually vote to remove him over that if it came to it, because yes. they'd be. You know, so horrified. Eight minutes scrubbed from the record because the administration lied about a shady deal with the Iranians, where indeed, yes, we did have cash to hand them in euros because the Iranians didn't want to use dollars or whatever it was. We gave them billions of dollars and we said we had to because we owed it to the Shah of Iran in 1975. What a bunch of horror. And people in the media said, oh, okay, sounds plausible. That's right. Hey, did we owe the show money? I don't know. Oh, sounds good. <laughs> Jesus. ...world that the edit may have been part of the administration's broad plan to sell the Iran deal at all costs. Suspicions fed by Deputy National Security Advisor Ben Rhodes' stunning admission to the New York Times that, quote, we created an echo chamber, choosing think tank experts who, quote, were saying things that validated what we had given them to say. Can you imagine how comfortable you have to be being the guy, like, still on the job saying, yeah, we just lie to the idiot press people. They don't know anything about foreign policy, so we just tell them, like, what essentially we want them to write. <laughs> They're going to follow the lead. They don't want to upset us. They want to meet and the big we- man. A lot of these people, you heard Matt Taibbi say, a lot of these people want pictures with the president. It's going to work just fine. <laughs> and then selling the narrative to naive young reporters who, quote, literally know nothing. In my view, the creation of the echo chamber and the war room does constitute a a deception of the American people and of their representatives. If the edit was part of a plan to deceive, it was sloppily carried out because the written transcript of the briefing, as well as the Defense Department version of the same briefing, remained intact and unedited. Right. And so, uh, one, that shows just more incompetence. It also shows the, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. But somebody made a phone call and said, well, there's video. Now, that person would never be Jen Psaki, who answered like an idiot. Somebody <laughs> who's in the communications department. No, no, no. She would know, have no. I mean, and if you bothered, but we were, it was during the time of St. Obama. If you bothered, there was some news happening at the time. There were some news outlets covering this story at the time, including Cable News Network. 
which was on the job at the time. And Jen Psaki uh, was dragged in front of a Wolf Blitzer who asked her, what the hell's going on with this? Jen, as you know, you worked at the State Department. You're now at the White House. As you know, it's one thing to be discreet and not release all the information to the public for sensitive reasons, whether it's classified or diplomacy or whatever. But it's another thing to flat out lie. Huh. Lie. I don't like him using that kind of language about mm-hmm. the Obama White House. To the news media and to the American public, which is what your predecessor, Victoria Nuland, did when she was asked back in 2013 whether or not there were secret bilateral government-to-government negotiations going on with Iran, and she said no. That was, that was a lie, right? Well, Wolf, I think you'd have She said no, <laughs> and there were negotiations happening with the Iranians. That was a lie, right, Jen? Breath of fresh air, non-liar, honest, ethical, spokesflack? I have to speak to my predecessor about that. What I can tell you is... Speak to China, speak to Egypt about their <laughs> stuff. Speak to Victoria Nuland about that, about what happened in the building where I represent everybody in the building, and it's my job to speak to you about what's going on inside the building. I don't know. Go find her. Ask her about that. Is that what I was doing, not just that day when this question was asked, the fact is, a week before this, I proactively talked through every aspect of the back channel at the State Department briefing. I was also supportive of and involved with the briefing of press and the stories that came out before that. So my role was providing information. I was an advocate of that about the back channel. It was at the time where we could do that because of where the diplomatic negotiations were. There's a long history for decades, again, of not being able to provide information when it's at a sensitive time that could have an impact. And that certainly may have was on the election could have an impact on the election in other uh, elections so we have to do it a back channel thing i mean it right? could be you know if, if we do this thing in front of you and you know that we're about to send millions of your dollars billions of your dollars away to the terrorists um regime in iran if we do that in front of you you're going to be upset because it's immoral irresponsible incompetent and idiotic so we had to hide it you know I mean, also, just the fact that, I mean, yes, she wasn't the press flack who made the lie, but she was the one who was doing the actions that the press flack was lying about. So Mm -hmm. it's like saying, did you have a back channel with Iran? And she's saying no. And she's now, Jen Psaki's being asked, so it was a lie when she said you guys didn't have the back channel with Iran because you had a back channel with Iran. And she's like, well, you'll have to ask her. Well, I'm telling you what she said. Was that true or not? Because if it's not true, that's what is generally termed a lie, I believe. Well, and the thing is, and that's right, but she's saying what do we want. She's saying that you have to talk to Victoria Nuland about that lie, that mm-hmm. about, about her lie, because that's Victoria's. Well, yeah. You then told the truth on tape for around eight minutes, and it's gone. Yeah. So how sensitive was it? It was so sensitive that we had to delete the tape of you saying it, and Victoria Newland had to lie. Okay. But that still means it's a lie, right? So the fact that she can't answer whether or not the thing was a lie when she told the truth on tape and it was deleted and... You know, Victoria Newland lied about it. It's like, it's one thing to say, like, yeah, we were lying, but we had to because we had this very important deal to make. It's another thing to just not even answer the question if it was a lie or not. I mean, talk about giving them the runaround. Doesn't the media care that this is the person who's now coming in to be press secretary? Well, that's the entire point, right? And and the, the, the another thing is, is that you can't, 
I mean, you you heard the he said uh, the last time we played with Doug McElwain said that yes, the video's gone, but there's still a transcript around. You can't d- delete the transcripts around because there were reporters in the room. Some of them, I assume, recorded it. Some of them mm-hmm. just wrote it down. So it's not you just everything every instance of it can't be can't be gone. I mean, maybe they tried, but what I'm assuming is that the audio was just so damning that Jen Psaki said no. That doesn't live on the internet. No, you get, that goes away, and they goaded away. The case earlier that year. But but then there was this subsequent when you were the State Department spokeswoman. Subsequent exchange you had with James Rosen of Fox when he asked why Victoria Newland had lied about those direct bilateral negotiations. I'll play the clip once again. Listen to this. Is it the policy of the State Department where the preservation? Secrecy of secret negotiations are concer- is concerned to lie in order to achieve that goal? Uh, James, I think uh, there are times where diplomacy needs uh, privacy in order to progress. So the, the accusation against you, Jenna, and I want to give you a chance to respond, is that uh, you were defending that earlier lie from Victoria Nuland. Well, I, again, I think you can speak to Toria or anyone else about what she knew or didn't know about the negotiations. I don't Chinsaki's always happy to refer you elsewhere. <laughs> Ask someone else. Yes. <laughs> don't have that information. But what I was doing then, that day and in the week prior, it was providing information about the back channel, about the negotiations from the years past. I do believe, as I said during that exchange, that there are certainly times where negotiations uh, and important diplomatic discussions require uh, not briefing the public on what's happening. Not because we don't want to have that ex- uh, conversation with you, Wolf, but because that means all parties are weighing in. It becomes a public debate in- instead of a private negotiation that, as you know, from covering these types of negotiations for years, is often... When you're trying to give the Iranians... <laughs> Cash and nuclear capability, you know, we want to take that offline because some people take umbrage with the whole concept for some reason. So yeah. that conversation we had to have a privately in, in private. So yeah. that, no, that's not the By kind of By the way, how telling is it on the Iran policy topic uh, that Israel is now whacking Iranians left and right that have to do with the nuclear program or Iran security yes. and stuff. And yes. uh, because they know that the incoming administration is going to sell Israel to Iran in about 30 yes. seconds. So they're making sure that Iran has nobody left to run a nuclear program. Yeah, no. <laughs> Israel is is um, is making a very prudent move. Yeah, they're, uh, you, they can yes. say all day that they believe that... But any- the thing is, Alice, is that... The, the whole thing, the concept of the of it was to give the Iranians nuclear power, mm-hmm. and it's not obviously it's not so they can have a energy grid. Yeah, that's they efficient. want to be on green energy. Right, they want. To, <laughs> yeah. They're very concerned about global I mean, warming. It's so it's the absurd. Iranians. That's what I know about them. <laughs> and you give the bad guys, the people who we were fighting by proxy in Iraq for almost a decade, you want to give the bad guys nukes. These guys have been yeah. jerks since about 1979, in case you haven't been watching. Needed yeah. in order to make progress. The, the point being, though, that it's one thing not to release all of the information you need for national security reasons or diplomacy or whatever. It's another thing to actually lie to the news media and to the American public uh, as a result of that. Uh, do, is it ever justified? This is my final question because I know you got to run. Is it ever justified for a U.S. government spokesperson to lie to the American people? 
I think that's a, a fundamental value that I have always followed is not to uh, and providing as much information as you possibly can, including being an advocate for when you could provide more, which is exactly what I did in the case of briefing on the Iraq uh, on the Iran back channel. Jen Psaki, you know, it's nice to have a clean conscience. <laughs> no, I know I would never lie. But wait a second. You're saying that sometimes you have to lie. No, sometimes you have to do things privately, and sometimes you have to withhold transparency from people so that they can't see the truth. That's different than lying, though. That's something that Trump and his people do is lying. Right. That because is, they're mean, and they mean it in their heart to be mean when they lie. Whereas so, the Obama administration, when they lie, it's for our own good. So that doesn't really count as lying. So this is a few years back when she was still at the at – the, um, the State Department. This is that guy reporting in Matt Lee, who's had enough, just enough of Jen Psaki's being incredibly truthful to him. <laughs> and he just kind of like explodes there. Okay, so let me just do a little have an update quick on it. recap from the most transparent administration in history. You won't tell us what <clears throat> you were asking for uh, President Morsi to do or what you would like to see. The conversations that you have with countries involving Mr. Snowden are private and you can't talk about them your conversations with European allies and others about the NSA spying uh, allegations are also private. You know, I don't know, how would you respond to someone who might say that it appears that the only privacy that this administration is interested in protecting is its own? Uh, look, Matt, I don't know that I have a substantive response for you here other than to say that some diplomatic conversations need to remain private. I understand the frustration, but uh, you know, that's that's how the process can work best at times. I'd refer you to uh, Dan Rather. Okay, so let me just do a little bit about... There you go. That's your new press secretary. Also working in the White House Communications Department is Kate Bedingfield. We've, um, she worked for the Obama administration as well, right alongside her buddy Jen Psaki. And uh, Kate Bedingfield, she's one of these new refreshing recruits, non-political, mm-hmm. who's exciting. It's wonderful. She's a woman, by the way. Mm-hmm. And who is going to bring uh, transparency and honesty back to the White House? Because the other, the other guy—I mean, they've been lying. The Trump people lie, but not Kate Bedingfield. She's happy to be upfront with the information and not spin ever. So why don't they deserve a yes/no answer about whether or not the vice president would support adding to the number of Supreme Court justices? Yeah, is he going to add to the? Come on, they deserve an answer, right? Well, the vice president has addressed this a number of times, John. You know, he has by saying, I'm not going to tell you because you'll <laughs> use it in the news said this is the conversation that uh, the political press wants to have. This is the conversation that, you know, Republicans on Capitol Hill want to have. They want to try to have a divisive conversation that assumes that we're not going to uh, rally people, for example, to prevent uh, the nomination of uh, Amy Coney Barrett from going through. He's not going to make an argument that assumes that the will of the people is not going to be heard. He believes that Americans are going to come out uh, on November 3rd. They're going to make their voices heard. Uh, they're going to. So it's not happening. The answer to this question is not happening. Mostly um, Nate or whatever his name is. Jake Tapper. Can you give it a shot? It's not constitutional what they're doing. We should be focused on what's happening right now. This court is being packed now by the Republicans after the vote has already begun. I'm going to stay focused on it so we don't take our eyes off the ball. So obviously this will be easy for Jake Tapper because Biden said Trump is already packing the court now. So Biden probably then wants to pack the court. It mm-hmm. seems very clear. I want to get to the idea of adding justices to the court in a second, but he said it's not constitutional what they're doing. 
how is it not constitutional what they're doing? His point is that the people have an opportunity to weigh in on this constitutional process through their vote. And we are now in the midst of the election. Millions of people have already cast their votes. And you see that the vast majority of people say that they want the person who wins the election on November 3rd to nominate the justice. That's a poll. That's seat. not the Constitution. So by, by trying to... By trying to, that's, that is their, their, there's the constitutional process of advising consent. The American people get to have their say by voting for president, by voting for senators. We are now 23 days from the election. Right, but it's not Again, unconstitutional. Millions of, millions of votes, millions of votes. They're being, voters are being denied their constitutional right to have a say in this process. Very honest person, Kate Bedingfield. Mm -hmm. Not twisting at all the truth. It's, you know, it's, does, it's not pertinent at all that the election happened in 2016 and the president just mm -hmm. fulfilling his constitutional duties. And she's trying to suggest that it has to all be paused because there's an election coming up. And that's when you can resume if Joe Biden wins. They the elected the Senate. This is total gaslighting, too. She's such a gaslighter. Mm -hmm. And you're crazy if you don't agree with what she's saying. To ram through, are trying to ram through... A, a nominee who, by the way, is going to change the makeup of the court. And we see time and time again, poll after poll shows that most Americans vehemently... CNN supposed to be writing this in the Chiron. I'm saying this, Jake. Write this on the Chiron that it would change the makeup of the court. I disagree with this. No. Um, and frankly, what she's doing here is really dangerous because this rhetoric that she and Biden and their whole communications team espoused about Republicans constitutionally filling court seats, including Amy Coney Barrett, who, by the way, 51 percent of the country wanted confirmed, according to multiple polls at the time of the election. Um, the they, the other court seats that they um, filled during the course of the Trump administration, they were on a record pace for filling court seats to suggest that that's court packing and that that process was somehow illegitimate or unconstitutional is really, really dangerous for our justice system. And you see it repeated. Nancy Pelosi has called the Supreme Court illegitimate. Ben Rhodes, Obama Flack, who is still out there opining on stuff, has May called have the a Supreme new gig Court. With Biden. He's been calling the Supreme Court illegitimate. There has been other congressmen calling the Supreme Court illegitimate. That's not healthy. And the fact that they're deliberately muddying the waters between uh, court packing, which is a term that for a century has meant adding justices to the Supreme Court for political reasons only, uh, with the, just the regular constitutional process of filling court seats, it, it, it's frankly, it's it's not healthy for the republic it's not healthy for the debate and and it's really it's as bad as anything else trump has suggested in my opinion that the the supreme court decision somehow sh you know shouldn't stand i mean i think we're seeing a run up to that right now in terms of like what the supreme court ruled on in new york saying that some of the restrictions that cuomo put in on the houses of worship were unconstitutional mm -hmm. and they all freaked out and said the supreme court's illegitimate well how far do we have to go before the biden administration you know the Supreme Court rules that some action of his administration is is unconstitutional and the Biden administration says pound sand. You're an illegitimate court. So filling your administration with people who believe that the Supreme Court is somehow not um, a legitimate Supreme Court and their decisions are somehow not uh, constitutionally sound is really, really dangerous. And by the way, it's also not true that Amy Coney Barrett is a like a hyper-partisan. She had some very tough questions today for the Trump administration with their case about the census. And it, she seems really like she's uh, pushing back on that and is probably going to rule against the Trump administration in that case about the census. So it's really, um, 
it, it's really disingenuous and it's really, frankly, dangerous that he's packing his administration full of these people. Mm. Again, again, Kate, that's that the a poll. vote should happen on November 3rd. That's not what the word constitutional that is the means. Const- constitutional that is the- doesn't mean I like it, it or I don't like it. It means it's according to the U.S. Constitution. There's nothing unconstitutional about what the U.S. Senate is doing. They are being denied. The American people are being denied their opportunity to have a say in who gets this lifetime appointment to the court. The, the intention of the process is the truth teller that's going mm-hmm. to the White House to tell you the truth, not gaslight you and obfuscate and lie. Here is for the American people to have a say in 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 who uh, gets in in who makes the nomination and okay. then who ultimately consents to the nomination. So, so and what the Republicans are trying to do is ram this through because they don't believe they have the electoral support. That's that is a problem and that they are going to try to change the makeup of the court in an effort to do that again. It's not unconstitutional. I get you don't like it, but it's not unconstitutional. But but let me talk about the idea of adding justices to the court, which which Vice President Biden refuses to to give his answer on. What's bizarre about it to me is that Biden has already answered this question on whether he supports expanding the court. Take a listen to him in 1983 and then again just a year ago. President Roosevelt clearly had the right to send to the United States Senate and the United States Congress a proposal to pack the court. But it was a bonehead idea. It was a terrible, terrible mistake to make. I would not get into court packing. We, we had three justices. Next time around, we lose control. They had three justices. We began to lose any credibility for the court has at all. Biden opposes adding justices to the court. He has for decades. So why is he refusing to weigh in on it now? Because Donald Trump and the Republicans don't get to set the terms of this debate. I mean, this is a distraction that they want to throw out. This is a hypothetical that they want to throw out right now to distract from the fact that they are trying to ram through a nominee who, as I said, is going to change the makeup of the court against the will of the American people. They don't want to talk about that. So they are trying to create a distraction and, uh, you know, send folks down a rabbit hole talking about this when, uh, you know, what we should be focused on and what Joe Biden is focused on uh, is the vote on November 3rd and making sure that they don't have the opportunity to ram through a nominee uh, who is going to be the deciding vote. It's not the Trump people who invented this question, right? (laughs) The idea of adding justices to the Supreme Court came from the progressive side of the Democratic Party. It's just a simple question. He has long been against adding justices to the court. Has he changed his mind or does he have the same position he's had since at least 1983? But look, see, I think you only have to look at how hard, for example, Vice President Pence wanted to go at this in the debate last week, rather than answer a question about what his administration would do to protect pre-existing conditions. Uh, that, to me, that tells you everything you need to know about what the Republicans are trying to do here. They would rather have this conversation than talk about the fact that they are pushing through a justice who is going to um, uh, uh, be part of a court that could potentially overturn the Affordable Care Act, that could strip away protections for pre-existing conditions. Yeah. <laughs> Whole segment of this, going in there and simply messaging. Now remember, this is what a flack does, but this gaslighting... These this, are the people who are going to have to fumigate the office. Right, because McEnany. of all the lying that happened. <laughs> that could rule on a woman's right to well, choose, we, we that could the, rule on well, equal pay issues. We, yeah, we they, don't wanna, they don't want to defend that. I get it, and we ask Republicans those questions. But Kate, he's on your side. He's a Democrat. He wants you to win. You know, he doesn't want Amy Coney Barrett. <laughs> he's right there with you. But just don't insult him and make him look like a total jerk by having to tolerate your third-rate distraction 
gaslighting. But we get to ask Democrats questions, too. And this is a simple it's a simple question. Uh, and it's one, frankly, that Trump did not invent. It came from the progressives and the Democratic Party. And I, I thought it was odd when Vice President Biden said the other day uh, in response to a reporter's question that voters do not deserve an answer on this. Of course, voters deserve an answer on his position on every issue. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they don't, Jake. And you, you are not familiar with the, yes. <laughs> the most no, transparent no, no. administration in history. Exactly. <laughs> but we're not going to play their game. Well, he's given an answer. He's answered the question. I mean, he has probably answered this question 15 times over the course. Remember, we're not going to play their game will be the answer about the any answer issue. Is... Any issue that's <laughs> happening now in the next four years. The we're not going to play the we're... Republicans game or, the, or Donald Trump's game. The answer is we're not going to answer. That's the answer. So the last week, the answer is I am not going to play Donald Trump's game. I am not going to allow right. the terms of this debate to shift to a hypothetical that assumes, by the way, that we, the Democrats, are going to lose here. I mean, that's that's really that's what's at at the core of this argument. I'm just going. He's about. This is going to be over uh, a second. I just want to. I think he says something Biden funny here at the end. That. I just want to. He does not accept that. He's focused on uh, turning people out to vote, making sure their voice is heard, and making sure that they have a say in who the next Supreme Court justice. Is. All right. Well, I think a serious policy question is not a game, and I don't think it's Trump's game. But Kate Benningfield, we always appreciate you coming on the show and answering the questions or deftly sidestepping them. Thank you so much. Appreciate <laughs> it. Ooh. Very nice. I could have grabbed that as its own single cut. <laughs> Benningfield making the rounds with George Stephanopoulos. On July 28th, uh, Joe Biden said he hadn't been tested for the coronavirus. But this week, your campaign refused to, on two occasions to answer the question of whether or not he had been tested. So can you clarify, has Joe Biden been tested for COVID? Has he been tested for COVID, uh, Kate? And this Seems is simple. important. This is important because this will tell us, you know, he's... He's supposed to be somebody who's an example, so people it'll save lives mm -hmm. if you can tell us that he's been tested. So has he been tested? Has he had the virus? He has not had the virus. We have put in place really strict protocols, as I think um, all of your journalists who attended our convention in Delaware uh, this week saw. We've put in place incredibly strict protocols to ensure that everybody involved uh, who is around Vice President Biden, who's around Senator Harris, uh, is uh, undergoing uh, the appropriate testing. Um, the vice president has not had the virus. Um, there you go. He hasn't had the virus. Next question, George. No, no, no. Uh, has he been tested? And uh, Has he been tested? He has not. He has not been tested. Oh, well. Well, we were told that any of us could be sick at any time. Right. So how do you know he hasn't had the virus? Right. Then? So <laughs> it seems like you're lying about COVID, which would be something pretty sensitive to lie about. Um, however, we have put the strictest protocols in place and uh, and moving forward. Should he need to be tested? He certainly would be. Uh, but he has not. He been certainly tested yet. would be. That's exactly right. He would be theoretically tested. If, yes, exactly. if he needed to be. But he doesn't have it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> has he been tested for it? No, we don't know. It's but like we... the voter fraud. There's no voter fraud. Well, have you checked for voter fraud or put anything in place to stop voter fraud? Well, no, because there is no voter fraud. Well, like, well, what I can tell know? you is that he's going to do what he's been doing across the course of this summer, which is. Calling together people, uniting the country, leading, encouraging people um, uh, uh, to take on this okay. moment with a sense of purpose. He's been doing that. He's been leading. It's exactly the opposite of what we've been seeing from Trump, who's been trying to incite violence this entire summer. <laughs> <laughs> Trump trying to incite violence. That's a new one in gaslighting. That's Kate Pettingfield. You'll be seeing her every day on TV starting January 20th. Chris Wallace, who uh, asks a question Though he wants to walk past it, cannot force himself. <laughs> what? 
just wait a second. Uh, well, I'll get to violence in a second. No, I, I'm, I'm thinking in real time. The president is inciting violence. You saw Donald Trump go to New Hampshire on Friday and say, you know, protesters, my ass. He's had every opportunity to speak as a leader to this nation that is hurting, to speak to people who are struggling, who are trying to rightly seek justice in this moment, but also who are looking around and who are afraid, who see chaos, who see uh, uh, okay, incredible Okay, but answer my question. Time. You said incite and violence. Abs absolutely. He has. He has encouraged. Uh, yeah, that's all been on Trump. All the stuff you saw, the cities destroyed, the livelihoods destroyed, et cetera, all on Trump. He incited violence. He did. Yes. Mm -hmm. And if you ask questions, you incited violence. So that goes for you listening <laughs> and, right now. You, I notice we've got some people who've con uh, been commenting on our YouTube. You're inciting violence if you ask these kind of questions. Right. You don't want to be part of that thing. And by the way, the only way to make the violence stop is to empower the people doing the violence because otherwise you're inciting it. Right. So unless you do exactly what the people breaking the windows and stealing stuff want, you're making them commit violence. Right. <laughs> so um let's go also on the transition team is tj ducklow of oh course. fabulous he's very TJ. very honest i don't know what his post will be uh, in the administration i assume it'll be in, in comms somewhere at the white house but wait he, but all the i thought the whole comms team was all women that's uh senior uh, senior positions oh, okay so you can be a guy if you just if you don't get a if you don't oh, if okay. you get a cubicle not a, a desk um tj uh ducklow um, answer some of the questions that, for some reason, Bettingfield wasn't uh, wouldn't. The composition of the Supreme Court is a matter of our constitutional structure as a nation, and it is a materially important question. What is the Biden campaign stance on the composition of the Supreme Court? Is Joe Biden satisfied with it? Sure. Well, look, I think it's important to take a step back and, and to talk about the fact that a number of things have to happen before this is a conversation that is really relevant. Um, it's a hypothetical. And what is not... Oh, then it should be really easy to answer then. <laughs> then just go ahead and we'll, just go, we'll move to the next question in just a second. Just quickly just answer that for us, son. That hypothetical is millions of people are already voting in this election. Um, the majority of the, of the American people, in fact, believe that the person that's elected on November 3rd, that is who should uh, appoint the next Supreme Court. Justice. Well, you know, considering you that you're Harris, working for the person who so wants to be elected on November 3rd, this is not hypothetical for the guy who wants to be president. What is the campaign's perspective on the composition of the court? This should be an easy question. Well, look, what I, what I mean by that is it assumes that this fight we are in right now, it assumes that we lose that fight. And we are focused on uh, underscoring just how important uh, what we're going to see this week is. As I was no, Kaylee McEnany, Huckabee, um, Sean Spicer. Those are the people who invented lying at the White House. Mm -hmm. Not these people who are on their way and not T.J. Ducklow, who even though we all saw a video of Joe Biden using a teleprompter during an interview, <laughs> at least on one occasion, at least... During an interview, you know, I would think that T.J. Ducklow would answer that completely honestly. Has Joe Biden ever used a teleprompter during local interviews or to answer Q&A with supporters? Brett, we are not going to engage. This is this is straight from the Trump campaign. Well, yeah, they're points. using and, it. And what it does and what it does, Brett, is it's trying to distract the American people. I'm just
you're better than this, Brett. You're better than this. Just from, they're from, using from it. They the talk about it every day. Can you what? say yes or no? That's because they talk about it every day, Brett, because they don't have a coherent strategy. Uh, well, you have strategy. an answer. Yes or no? Brett, they talk about it every day because they don't have a coherent argument for why Donald Trump deserves re-election, deserves four more years. We know that he lied to the American people. We know that he has not uh, shown leadership during this crisis, and they are desperate to throw anything they can against the wall to try to distract from that fact. I understand, but you can't answer the question. Brett, I am not going to allow okay. the Trump campaign to funnel their questions through Fox News and get me to respond to that. <laughs> well, TJ, we appreciate your time and thank you for coming on. Thanks, so Brett. there you Next go. This evening. The um, the ascension has begun. The all new, all new to Washington and non-political and non-liars, non-ethically challenged communication team is heading into Washington where they will gaslight you and lecture you. And, uh, you know, warp the truth and th some things like when we're handing over pallets of cash, cash to terrorists so that they can build nuclear weapons to bomb the Israelis into the sea. Some of those talks we're going to have to keep secret because who knows how you react to them. You're not <laughs> as smart as them. You can't be in on that conversation. Those are conversations for Ben Rhodes and smart people mm -hmm. in the you know, Biden administration. The really smart people like the Pod Save America kids. They're the kind of people who can handle that conversation, not you, not the American people. So they've got their uh, – the guards at the gates have been selected. And uh, the important news about them is that they're all women, which is fantastic. So that's what it's we amazing. need in the world. Uh, all right, Alice. Uh, so you can uh, follow the Burn Barrel on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod on Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. Uh, on Parlor at Burn Barrel Podcast. You can also check us out on YouTube. We have videos of our episodes there. You can uh, like and subscribe. You can also comment on the videos. We'll answer back. Um, yeah, let us know what you think. You can shoot us an email, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. Say lafi. Okay, so let me just do a little quick on it. recap from the most transparent administration in history. You won't tell us what <clears throat> you were asking for uh, President Morsi to do or what you would like to see. The conversations that you have with countries involving Mr. Snowden are private and you can't talk about them. Your conversations with European allies and others about the NSA spying uh, allegations are also private. You know, I don't know, how would you respond to someone who might say that it appears that the only privacy that this administration is interested in protecting is its own. Uh, look, Matt, I don't know that I have a substantive response for you here, other, other than to say that some diplomatic conversations need to remain private. I understand the frustration, but uh, you know that's that's how the process can work best at times. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.